Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of The Jay Davis Show. I'm super excited to be able to talk to Corey Moore. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of J&M Jewelry. Thanks for being on the show, Corey. Jay, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, do you want to give people a background on some of your experiences that you've had as you've uh, gone through this entrepreneurial life? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, depending on how how far you want to go back, right, we'll, we'll keep it brief. Um, when I was in college attending Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas, I kind of had this itch to be a business owner. I had seen certain things in my life on both sides, right? The, the, the parents that had the corporate job and, and, and they were working their butts off all the time and not really being able to enjoy some of the fire things of having business, having that freedom. And then when I got into college, I saw people who were starting their own businesses and, and, and it really just kind of created a fire in my mind. At that time, I was about 20 and I started several different companies. One of those companies is J&M Jewelry, which is what I'm doing still full-time now. Um, the other companies that I was involved in are, are no longer part of what I'm doing, but I have other started new businesses since then. So I've kind of called myself a serial entrepreneur and I've had experiences in health and fitness, fashion, textiles and, and clothing and garments and things. Um, also, obviously, jewelry, uh, real estate. I, I've kind of got a really eclectic combination of things just because I guess I started really young. And certain things I did was successful and other things I did were not was not successful. So that's kind of just a brief background. Yeah, I love it. What do you what do you think you learn as a serial entrepreneur that one-time entrepreneurs or first-time entrepreneurs or people who have never been an entrepreneur should learn? What do you think that would be? There's a lot, but probably the thing that sticks out in my mind is when you have a variety of things going on, right? Other businesses, other industries, other kind of just topics, if you will. You yeah. can learn something from one of those other opportunities that can be applied to one they wouldn't expect. Um, for example, when I was in the health and fitness industry, uh, we owned gyms and health clubs and things. And the customer service that we learned in that environment, as well as the sales process that we learned there, has drastically helped us in every other business that we've done. Um, so that, that's just one example. But I think the diversification of the skill sets that you learn and the cross business lessons that can be applied to other businesses that you would never expect. Yeah, I love that. I, th I think uh, when I was in college, I my kind of job I had while I was finishing up college was in the customer service floor. And man, it's just, I still use a lot of those things you learn from that. Talking to customers every single day, day in and day out is something everyone should do. It's game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's so much psychology involved in what we're doing because it's human interaction, it's communication. It's those two channels. Are they understanding each other clearly? All of these things that you don't even think about until you stop and actually understand there's a process and the science behind all that. And um, yeah, so that, that that's really the thing that stands out to me that I would say to someone that's not a serial entrepreneur, but maybe has one business or something that, you know, you know what I mean? You, you can start pulling those lessons. No, I think that's so true. Um, how did you get into jewelry? What was that process? Like, hey, how did that a, happen? That's a cool, 
That's a cool story. Um, so during my time at Texas State University and right before that, I, I met my wife, my wife now, which obviously was my girlfriend at the time. And she says, hey, you know, um, I'm going to be going to Texas State. And I said, oh, yeah, me too. So we, we go there. We date all through college. And her family is from Israel. And she's first generation Israeli moved, you know, to, to the United States, um, or her father moved to the United States born as far as first generation born here in the States from her father. Yeah. And she has family that's in Israel and, and, and very involved in the jewelry business. Um, in 2005, I had an opportunity to go to Israel while I was finishing college and went over there, actually met her family and cousins that were kind of, uh, involved obviously at the time we hit it off pretty well. And so I actually, at that point in time, decided to open up a business with jewelry and I was going to be, begin to transition from some of the things that I was doing, such as the health and fitness side of things over to uh, the jewelry side of things full time. So that was about a seven year transition. And I started Jane and jewelry in 2005 and then uh, kind of walked away from the other things that I was doing previously to that, to focus on Jane and jewelry around 2013, 2012. So technically we're approaching, I guess it's almost 19 years for J&M Jewelry since the business was established. Um, some of the other companies that, that I was mentioning was started in you know, 2001. Kind of Ultimately, I got involved because of a trip to Israel in the summer of 2005 and completely decided at that point that I wanted to transition industries. I knew it was going to be a slow transition I saw an opportunity there, and so I decided to jump on it. It's always amazing how opportunity presents itself, wow. and just some of those things. What What are some of the things you've learned as you've managed this business that's been different than the other, uh, as you've managed and built it? What's been different from the other companies that you built? You know, it, when I first got into the jewelry industry, it's still very much like this, but it, it's evolved a little bit. It, it's very hush-hush. Nobody wants to help anybody. And nobody wants to have anybody's resources given away or don't, don't give this contact to this person. So that was a challenge just because that was new to me and it was an industry that I did not have any experience in. But I had family in or other family friends of my wife's that basically said, hey, we're, we're going to teach you like, you know, you're our own family, which... You know, I was legally, but I wasn't blood wise. So it was a matter of them really taking them under under their mentorship and, and learning a lot from them. But um, you know, there's there's just a lot of things, man, to answer to answer that question. Jewelry is kind of it, it's in a classification of its own where it there's some very unique attributes that go into that industry. For example, it, when you're dealing with diamonds or expensive gemstones you can have a very large amount of money into a very small object and it doesn't take a lot to have a major problem whether that be someone broke something or something got stolen or it's a very unique industry that you have to have a very um you know it has to be under the microscope of, of actually the day-to-days and what's happening and, and and some of the other businesses don't require that level of micromanagement yeah yeah, it's amazing how a tiny ring can be worth more than a house pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, and so there's not a lot of other industries that are like that, you know? Yeah. It's just one So example. much value. Yeah. 
How have you blended? Uh, you guys have a store. If I so actually understood at, correctly, why don't you ask? We're we're appointment only. Everything we do is appointment only. Uh, so we do have an office and we do meet people in person, but it's not a retail store environment. It's all off uh, appointment office based. How have you balanced that with kind of the e-commerce explosion? Um, you know, how have you guys adapted to that? I think that's been, uh, you know, just a huge shift in the last five, 10 years. Um, but then also, how are you leveraging some of those experiences of being in person with people? So you do good questions. I mean, we got started in e-commerce a long time ago. Uh, we have had an online presence where people could purchase product for well over 15 years. Now, that user experience and the technology and the, and the presence of the website and all that has drastically improved over the course of that time period. Uh, we still need improvement, and that's some of the upcoming projects that we're, we're trying to launch soon. But I guess we have a lot of experience. We're still nowhere where we want to be regarding our online sales presence. We want to increase that number to a substantial part of our you know, annual revenue. And right now, we, it has room to grow. A lot of what we do is in-person customization. Our, our business model is direct to consumer, but it's also B2B. And then we also have identified what we call specialty markets um, in which we target with specific marketing campaigns. And, and so we, we're selling to a wide audience, if you will, and yeah. um, kind of some of the services and products that we do, depending on that audience, um, are more catered to e-commerce and others are not. Uh, but we are trying to grow our presence with e-commerce connecting some cool and unique technologies because we realize that we're competing against industry dinosaurs, people like Tiffany's or Cartier or Harry Winston's or De Beers. These are deep, deep pocket companies where dollar for dollar, we can't, we can't compete with that. So what we have to do is come up with creative strategies for marketing outside of the box approaches where we can be relative without spending that dollar for dollar on a marketing basis because that's an impossible battle for us. And that 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 kind of leads us to some of the things we're trying to do with the virtual showcases and tying our NFT to jewelry, physical jewelry. So um, as I mentioned, I have a unique technology background and, I, and one of the other companies that I've recently started in 2020 was Vivid Effects, and it's a technology company that kind of started off with video animations, green screen recording, studio recording, a lot of cool stuff like that. And we really branched out into now we're doing augmented reality, 3D, and really a lot of cool stuff. Um, so, long story short, Vivid Effects provides direct technology to Jane and Jewelry. I'm the founders of both of those companies. So we we have them feeding each other. And we plan to improve our online and e-commerce position by launching what we're calling our virtual showcase and then also combining that with our first of many NFTs that we're doing. So as you, um, that's super amazing. I think as consumer brands are evolving and growing, it's something that everyone has to think about is like, Okay, how do we use some of our unique talents and abilities to go against much bigger players? 
Um, and I, and I love what you're doing. Is it, are were there things that helped you as you started to think through that? Was that talking to customers? Was it a natural evolution? Like what kind of drove that innovation that made you say, Hey, wait, there's a, there's something here that maybe we could do differently that would give us an edge over these much bigger players. That's a great question. And I, I would answer it this way. That's kind of my personal personality. Like that's how I am. And what I mean by that is I, I usually don't do what everybody else is doing personally or on a business wise. For example, when I was in college, there, it was not popular to start your own company. It was popular to go and find the, the corporate business and, and, and go the corporate model, which is what most people were doing, right? But there's nothing wrong with that. My, my, my comment is, is that if I'm identifying a trend that all these larger companies are doing on a marketing standpoint, and I identify, okay, this is what they're doing, and it's, it's highly competitive, it's highly saturated, but it's also very expensive to be relevant in that same space. You've got to figure out ways to be creative to get attention and traction that isn't that, but also is unique enough to gain that momentum to get you the traction and awareness that you want, right? And, and I think that's the daily struggle with being a business like, like that. I mean, that's, that's the best way I would answer that. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, a really great answer is, is sometimes you have to recognize the things that you're good at and say, hey, this is naturally who I am. And so for someone who's not naturally that way, it's how do you look for and cultivate genius around you and find people who do have that genius? Oh, um, man. Yeah. You, you, you said oh, something that just made me think of my mother. It's like the old the old comment, you are who you hang around with. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to be successful. Do you want to have motivation? Do you want to have a fire in your seat to make you motivated and productive and actually do things? You need to surround yourself with those people. And you know, that, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that I saw in college where I was, was seeing some of that. I'm like, okay, I, I could do that. And that's, this is the time to make that decision, right? Because so many people have ideas, but they never do anything. They never actually move forward. I think that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people is they're, they want to be an entrepreneur, but they, they're kind of looking for someone else to motivate them. And usually that's kind of the sign of like, I, no one had to push me to be an entrepreneur. I just, that's who I am. That is like breathing air. Uh, it's just natural. That's how, that's how you are as well, personally? It, totally, yeah. Like I've yeah. always started businesses, run businesses. That's just always, in college I was starting stuff on the side. Just, I think that's we're very similar. It sounds similar. like we're very similar. Very yeah. similar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I I think once you get a taste of it, and then you have success with it, there's really no turning back because you totally. realize like the freedom that you have. It's like, it's on you to make it or break it. Yeah. You don't, you, 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 when you get in love with or fall in love with that, like whatever I go and hunt and kill is what I get to eat. Right. It's pretty unbeatable, I think. Um, but you have, no one, no one's going to push you to do that. I remember, Jerry Seinfeld has uh, a funny story where he talked about uh, he got asked to come to a class at, I think it was at NYU or Columbia, about how to learn how to be a comedian. And he says he walked in and was like, 
the fact that you're in this class means you'll never be a comedian <laughs> and then walked out. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes there's a lot to that. Some of those people probably were like, I'm going to prove him wrong and maybe did. And some of those people were like, what a jerk. I just want right. to, you know, I wanted someone to motivate me to do this. And it's, but it's very true. I think being an entrepreneur is the same way. If you're looking for someone to push you into entrepreneurship, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, everything you said was, was, was right. It's definitely a hustle. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it totally is. So what's next for you guys? Like you're, you're working on this technology. Um, are, are you working on new things for JNM? Is it launching more businesses? What, what's kind of getting you excited right now? Yeah. So right now my focus is only on JNM jewelry and vivid effects. I, I'm, I've had a point in my life where I'm not taking on any additional businesses or any consulting or really anything. My, my time is full. And I want to fulfill what I want to do with these two companies before I take off anything else. With specifically J&M, we're going to be launching this virtual showcase and the NFT. This is something that are two separate things, but we've combined them together. Our thought is that we're going to be soft launching this probably within the next 15 days. And they've been projects we've been working on for a few years. So it's, it's, it's something we put a lot of thought into and a lot of effort into. As far as Vivid Effects, we wanted to create a business that was separate that could still service other, other businesses outside of J&M, right? We knew J&M would use those services of that separate company immediately, but also I knew that uh, we wanted to have it open to, to do other, other work for other companies. It's, uh, I think it's an amazing way to start. So for, I'm very similar in that we have our, we have some service uh, businesses like our marketing agency, but then we also have our brands like Pillow Cube and Stairside that when they can, when you can start something, you're like, you already have a client because I'm going to use it myself. It's a pretty great way to start something. Absolutely. I could, I, I mean, that, that's all, that's the proprietary, you know, meat of the business, right? Or those, those customers, yeah. those mail techs. No, it's amazing. Explain the NFT. I kind of have an idea in my mind of what I, yeah. I'm guessing you guys are doing with that, but, but what are you guys doing with NFTs? You know, when I first heard of NFTs, I was like, this is a scam. This is garbage, right? So with the understanding of blockchain that I had, uh, I kind of got into crypto, you know, seven years ago. I taught myself how to understand blockchain and all of that. So when I started hearing about the NFTs, I was like, fractional ownership, uh, explain to me, okay, that sounds like a scam. But then I understood well beyond kind of the the funny looking monkey nft thing that you always see right i don't know if you know what i'm talking about oh but... yeah yeah the board ape club yeah it's, it's yeah. so the nft it's not about the art or the picture it's about the technology of verifying a transaction on a blockchain ledger that's what nfts really are so understanding how that mechanical makeup of, of, of that distributed ledger works gives you this thought on how you can apply that to so many different things, smart contracts, um, you know, real estate deeds, you name it could be structured that way. So what we're doing is the virtual showcase is a virtual room that has different departments in it. You can move throughout hotspots digitally within this virtual room to see all these 3D interactive applications that we've built that showcase our jewelry. So that's the, the virtual showcase in a nutshell. 
A part of that is our NFT. Specifically, what we've done is we've taken the concept of NFT and we've combined it to a physical piece of jewelry. So what we're doing is we're launching NFT number one, which is a large 36 karat aquamarine and a diamond halo pendant. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry, large, compressive piece. It's going to be attached to a digital piece of art that is beautiful. We've already, we've already made it. We made it with AI and it features characteristics from the piece of jewelry, okay? And I'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll launch it soon. But basically the piece of art is just for an added enjoyment. That is going to be the certificate of ownership of the piece of jewelry that's been verified on the blockchain. So when you buy this product, you'll have the physical piece of jewelry and then you'll have this cool piece of NFT art that is the certificate of ownership for the physical piece and the verification on the blockchain. So we basically took it as a, hey, this is a cool technology that's emerging. Um, let's actually attach it to something real and tangible and take it seriously and give it something beautiful. And so this digital piece of art is something you could print. It's, it, it, it's something you could put in your office. It looks like, you know, a very well done artistic piece, but all of that's going to be involved in our virtual showcase. And so we're planning on launching future NFTs, which will be one of a kind products and they'll be, you know, ser serialized. So it's going to be a limited amount. We haven't decided exactly how many we're going to do, but I'm probably thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 or less. And yeah, so that, that's what we're doing there. And Tiffany's, kind of did something similar about a year and a half ago where they combined NFTs, not like what we're doing, but they basically made the NFT look kind of like the piece of art. And they didn't use fine, fine jewelry. Um, it was silver and enamels and smaller accent diamonds. We're, we're talking about doing large, fine museum type piece jewelry. That's so awesome. As soon as you said that, I was like, I hope that's what he's do doing. Cause I, I bought some jewelry for my wife and it came with like, you know, this little card. It's like, this is your verification that, you know, if you ever want to sell this, this is real. And I was sure. like, that's so crazy that that's still how that works. That you're buying this, this like something that could be an heirloom for your family. And it's like, yeah. you better, you better not lose this card. <laughs> like this little piece of paper. I'm like, that's so nuts. So I, I think that idea idea is so brilliant of, and I think that's where NFTs should go. I think like you said, NFTs have been very misunderstood and, and there's a whole nother piece of it of when we buy and sell real estate, when we, when we buy and sell jewelry or art, why are we not using that technology uh, to track ownership? Sure. Um, it's really brilliant. So I love that you guys are doing that. That's super exciting to see and excited to to see the soft launch. So yeah, cool. to Thank share you. it with us. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, time as always has flown by. It's been super fun hearing some more and learning from you and your experiences. So thank you so much for coming on and just being willing to spend some time with us. Jay, I appreciate you having me and I look forward to talking with you again. Mm -hmm.